and I'll be your companion as we slip into the liminal. Relax and sink in with an open mind and an eye for the curious and strange. Come, go, go with me. Hello, everyone. I am here with one of my favorite people on the planet, my good friend, Keats Ross. And I participated in something very magical that Keats threw out into the universe and asked people to submit uh, for this project. And Keats will get into the whole process here. And so I did. And a year later, Keats has come up with a piece of absolute brilliance, absolute magic. And I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of everyone that got involved with this. And the year is absolutely an appropriate amount of time when you're doing something on this level. And so with that, I'm going to welcome in Keats Ross. Hello. Hey, it's so good to hear from you. Um, Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, This is, uh, it's going to be very you know, I did, uh, when I completed this, I completed it on the four year anniversary of my big magical working under the Oregon total eclipse. Oh, wow. And so it was like this, you know, kind of completing a circle and, you know, talking with you and wrapping this up in a way is like the perfect kind of cherry, you know, I love, and uh, because this is a magical operation. So to have an in date when you wrapped be significant for you in your life and anyone who's followed your work understands how significant that original working was this is a big deal and i think you can feel it you can feel the energy from everyone else but i really got a deep sense of you throughout this whole piece of course you weave it together but there is something extra here keats that's, you know, that's so great to hear. I, you know, I'm, it's weird when you release something into the world. I I personally have sort of a postpartum depression about it. And especially something that has been gestating and in the forefront of my mind and praxis for like over a year. Right. So when it's now it's everybody else's, it's hard to kind of visualize it from the outside and see just how, you know, intricate people can dissect it. And, you know, hearing good things from you and the other participants in this has been very relieving, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know you were nervous about that. And when when all the submissions came in and all that, I know, well, we had talked that you were trying to see the light. And uh, also, you know how these magical things kind of weave themselves and come together in ways we don't expect. And so it's been interesting and fun to see how this unfolded and became, so to speak. Yeah. And it really did. You know, we, it was just kind of a fever dream in the height of, you know, whatever this pandemic was right of the quarantine. I think it was April of that year. And 
we had just got done doing the Saturday Sideshow, which was this, you know, pretty this magnum opus of live streamers kind of coming together and doing some artistic stuff. And, you know, I figured it was time for another big audio working. And at first, yeah, you know, one of the main things I had was I needed to be very communicative to all the participants. And, and I tried to do that. I, you know, throughout the year we'd get people updates and I would ask people permission to kind of, you know, mangle or retool their submissions. Like if it was okay, my, my big thing with this is even though there's a lot of me in it and I really kind of, you know, uh, put myself really into it, it was very important to me to still have the individual anarchic sensibilities of all the people that were in it, uh, revered as well. You accomplished that. And I, you know, this was a struggle you went through and trying to honor that. And you definitely <laughs> yeah. accomplished it, though. When I, I've listened to it many times now, and it's just better each time. And I'm not really one to do that, too. It, it's interesting that I mm. keep listening to it. I let things go. I have my time while I'm making them. I let them go, and I kind of just go to the next thing. And even though this wasn't my baby, I put in a baby into the basket. Yeah. And... So it was interesting to see how this was going to weave into everyone else's. And there, there's a lot of different stuff going on here. There's a lot of different types of voices. There's a lot of different messaging. And, I mean, you just did it. And I think that there was a perfect amount of you in this because it needed that to really link everything together and make it a cohesive mm. single piece that is now yeah. being exhibited in the world. You know, and part of the audiomantic process was I didn't want to just, it wasn't a compilation. You know what I mean? It, it couldn't have been that. It had to be tethered together. It had to be woven together. And at first I was going to, you know, maybe through some mastering trickery, um, weave them all in. And I just thought, what a cop out. Like, I'm in no rush to do this. Why don't I create a sub album? of tethers to kind of, you know, fully recorded music. Um, I even kind of uh, released kind of a sub album just to people who were interested, you know, as I was finishing up that were really inspired by everyone's submissions. And, you know, the whole point of it was, was that it would have these, uh, this minutia that would just be like these torrid torrents kind of interwoven you know, throughout this entire piece. I mean, that's what a, that's what a hyper sigil is, right? It's a dynamic, uh, model, miniature model of, you know, a magician's inner workings. And like, that's, that's exactly what I, I set out to accomplish. And I'm, I'm glad that you think that it's not too much me because I definitely think it's too much me, but you know how I am. Yes. And I feel the same way. And this is, this is why my videos and stuff slowed down because I get tired of looking at myself and doing and yeah. throwing myself in. And when people are around me, I use my friends are in my videos and uh, whoever's <laughs> around. Right. So, and I'd like more of that, less of me, but ultimately we are what's around and this is how that goes. I want to say one of the things that hit me hard listening to this is it really is, and I know you're using different languaging around this, but it harkens back to really great concept albums. Of course, yeah. 
I'm not sure. That's a dying art. That's a dying art. And I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. It's, you know, I've always said as, you know, as pretentious as it may sound, every album that I've ever made was a concept album and always had a linear narrative, you know, or nonlinear, but it still had a narrative. And, you know, it had everything was as a character in a way or, you know, written through the, the lens of something I was working through or, you know, just as a journalist kind of documenting the times I was going through. So, you know, there it's all concept. It's it's all you know, it's all narrative driven. Yeah, it absolutely is. And that is why I think I keep coming back to it. I, and I continue to always go back to some really great concept albums because, and listen from beginning to end, that's what they were meant for. The Moody Blues come to mind. I mean, there's so many oh, good for ones. Sure. Yeah. And, and that process of traveling through a piece, especially an auditory piece, can be so transcendental if you allow it to be that. Yeah, and that's why it was important uh, to me to kind of mass release it as one track, you know, because Bandcamp won't let you do that. They won't let you upload a 45-minute track. And so what broke my heart when people download Bandcamp, I have to put a note saying, in your media player, make sure there's gapless play. Because every song flows into the next, and it's all strategic. Otherwise, you'll have these pauses and indents in between, and that breaks my heart if someone's listening to it like that. (laughs) I mean, you could still like your brain will make the pattern that oh, okay, it's just my audio player. But you know, it was very important to me that someone would listen to this in one sitting. Yeah, you know, and even and even it's it's actually mastered so that. If you put the entire track on loop or the entire album on a loop, it's a perfect circle. I've experienced that. And that's one of the things that's a nice touch. This is uh, looping's a big deal for me anyway. When I'm doing my own work, I like, and and so people in the world may not understand that, but I, it's one of those things where if I can loop something and I have to struggle to where does it start outside of volume coming in. Uh, I feel like I've done something good as far as auditory-wise that this could loop and you wouldn't know it until you're like, I think I've heard that before. <laughs> well, you know, and like a lot of my audiomancy practice, it really is about being enveloped in loops and in this eternal return with different sounds and percussions and, you know, uh, meditative-wise, right? It's It's these like ongoing chants that are, you know, sometimes ostentatious, but uh, and inevitably, it, like the the uh, obscenity, obscenity of like whatever sounds you're creating once they loop, that kind of dissipates, and you find this, you know, equilibrium, this this beautiful hum, you know, and all the craziness kind of goes away, and you find this like perfect center with it, and I think that's where a lot of my melody ideas come from, and a lot of where you know, lyrics kind of reside in that hollow earth inside that uh, loop. Yes. So with this kind of general introduction, and I hope this is what everyone's whistle, I don't usually do things like this unless I believe in them. And, And even that said, even if I participate in something in the final project, is something I'm not having. I won't promote it. And there are lots of things I've been part of where I'm like, nobody knows. I mean, you'd have to be looking and you'll find. 
<laughs> but yeah. fortunately, usually stuff's not under your name. It's under a project's name. And so let's get into some pit particulars. So when you okay. first decided to do this, the idea springs up and then you you make a note. I think I encountered it through Twitter or Discord and so you put it out there. You're going to do this. You're inviting people to come along on the mm-hmm. journey. What was going on there for you? Yeah, so I posted it on We the Hollowed and We the Hollowed has always been this, you know, it started as kind of this uh, this small in-person um collective magical art collective in Portland and since moving away from Portland and the pandemic happening, you know, it did nothing but broaden my horizons internationally. And all the friends I've met through the podcast, you know, whether they're in Scotland or Sweden, you know, or, you know, anywhere, um, it just made sense to me to kind of revitalize uh, another, uh, like, audio sigil for, you know, that to encapsulate all of the growth internationally that, you know, we've had through this, like, weird little experiment that is We the Hollowed. And uh, it just seemed like the right time, you know, we we were all just in our houses and streaming, right? It's uh, it was this like weird uh, baptism by fire for me with like YouTube culture and, you know, being on camera and like what, what sort of like content is made. And I felt there was like a, there was just something missing uh, with the interconnectivity. It was always so anonymous or weird or, you know, and I thought, you know, doing something intimate, uh, and and extremely artistic would have been, to me, like the perfect antidote for the, you know, weathering these torrid torrents that we were all going through. So when people started submitting, yeah, what was going on with that? Did you get a? So I want to look at the the so difference I here. Did, so logistically, what I did was, you know, I put a few guidelines. I said. Um, you know, send me waves, like a wave format. Uh, try not to focus on soundscapes, right? Um, I think when people think about audiomancy or audio, you know, sound sorcery, I think their inclination is to think, you know, ambient Brian Eno type textures, right? And so I wanted them to kind of uh, focus more into how they would explain their praxis through sound, and submit one track, you know, this, these, all these anarchic people doing all these weird, wonderful things. Um, you know, how would you explain yourself through a three minute track, a five minute track? And, you know, there were some logistical things like it had, you know, I needed a certain format, submit some writing if you want that, you know, yours, I think was special when I got it because you didn't have much like writing for it. And I thought it really, you know, pun fully intended stood for itself. Yeah. <laughs> Cause uh, your track stand, <laughs> I thought was when I heard it, I knew that was the one that was going to kick it in. Like that had to be track two or three that had to be doors opening, you know, something pushing in. And so I was getting piecemeal ideas after every submission. And, you know, from my history of sequencing records, like I could just, kind of tell where one would sit well but there are others you know um later that i was like you know oh this is completely opposite from where i thought it should be but you know as they're pouring in and you're getting submissions you're listening to them you're meditating on them and then i had the idea 
you know, let's, let me create a little sub album. I know it's going to be harder on myself, but you know, let's like really make this something. Um, and I would meditate on different tracks and that's how I knew where to put them and like what songs to kind of create, what tethers to kind of create to help tie things. So the tethers themselves are like, they're little sigils in themselves of, you know, whatever submissions are around it too. So that's, it's just feeds into each other, you know? Um, and then, yeah, you know, I had my weird processes, which we could talk about. <laughs> oh, we'll get into that. So yeah. yeah, when I approached it and I've always done this and, you know, I've lived my life as an artist and supported myself as an artist here and there. It's hard. <laughs> you know how hard it oh, is. Oh my God. <laughs> it's yeah. so hard. Uh, However, that doesn't change, you know, the reality of what is. And so I, with submissions, I can get, especially in different colleges I've been in, I can be real rebellious. You know this about me. Mm -hmm. And I push against, I just don't follow in line. It's my nature. And thankfully, it looks like it's in all my bloodlines, my parents. It's exactly why I wanted you. Yeah, thank you, baby. And that's exactly (laughs) why, like, in in that... uh, you know, in that call for submissions, I, you know, I was, I was putting language in there to be like, be weird. Like, don't, you know, don't follow suit, like be brash, be crazy. Yeah. You know, it was important. Dynamics was absolutely important to me throughout this whole thing, you know, cause in the past we did an audio sigil that somebody else kind of tied together. And it was really just kind of a band compilation with samples like in the middle And, um, it was great and it was a good, oh, excuse me. Um, it was great and it was a good, um, you know, uh, like it was a good trial test for something like this, but I knew when I did it that I wanted it to be extremely dynamic and that the music itself would not be found pretty much anywhere else unless, you know, there are some submissions, but you you can probably find other places, but yeah, and so that was important to me was dynamics and rebellious nature of it. And when I got your submission, I was like, fuck yes. Here we go. <laughs> yes. I totally just didn't I'm like, okay, I hear what I hear what's being said, but I also know Keats and uh and not only know Keats, we vibe. We definitely vibe. And so it's it was like I'm gonna just sit down and let it flow. And that's actually how yeah. a lot of my, my stuff goes, is auditory stuff. That's why I really love doing live shows and uh, that I used to call performance art. And so I did that. And when I hit submit, I, I knew full well that I didn't really follow directions on the surface, but I pushed into the idea of empowering yourself and looking mm-hmm. within yourself to find what it is. And then when you see what it is through the magical art of projection in the world, then you can describe it. And if you can describe it, then you can move deeper into the relationship you have with this projected psychic content. And somehow that's what happened with my piece. And it was definitely part of this rebellious... uh, rebelliousness I feel towards what's going on on the globe at that mm-hmm. time and my psychic visions of where we are now. And I thought, I I just have to do this. And if Keats doesn't like it, he will let me know. And if it doesn't make it in, that's fine too. And this is part of that process of 
I've created it. I did what I thought. I created it specifically for that piece. I did not pull from anything else. It's not published anywhere else. It was specifically for this. And you ended up loving it and thought it was a good fit. And that was a stamp of approval as far as I'm concerned, psychically for me. I mean, not only just a good fit, but it became the call to arms track. It became yes. like <laughs> after the first, you know, couple tracks of weaving kind of setting the scene, this was this was the punch. You know what I mean? This is this is the dynamics that I was looking for that like, you know, it's not gonna all just be spoken word, it's not gonna be ambient, it's not gonna you know what I mean? There is no rhyme or meter for this thing. And yet at the end you'll see the rhyme and meter. Oh, it circles. It absolutely spirals. And so with that, when I was listening all along, you'd post, we had, for everyone that doesn't know, uh, Keats created pathways of communication uh, on Twitter, at least, and I'm sure other places where we could all see and understand what the process was going on, where you were. And yeah. I'm we a could little listen. too communicative. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was thrilled when I was uh, listening to all the really amazing pieces and there are standout, there's standout stuff for me, as you know, and there's always going to be standout stuff. And it's mm-hmm. not like I, you know, when you say that, I don't want to play favorites. I'm just talking about me as an artist in the world, as a person, me as a person in the world, there were things that just hit me hard. So, yes. and one of the things that hit me hard was definitely, it's always going to be stuff you do. I just, I can't love on your music and your vibe enough. And it's just some, there's something very magical about you, Keats. But that said, one of the absolute standouts for me was Michelle Embray's. Oh, of course. Holy shit. I have, I actually have done stopped and looped that a few times. And she, that's actually from something. You can find that record. Um, I think I did due diligence on the We the Hollowed where I put the track list on the article page. Uh, you can go to her site and she has a band camp for that record. And I recommend everybody go to michelleembry.com and search this out. Um, yeah. And uh, Lady Baby Miss, as I call her, Lady Baby Miss uh, <laughs> was her. Uh, was her companion and did the you know the singing parts? Yeah, oh, and when so Michelle good. sent that to me, I knew that that was that was the climax, or you know that was the the bridge to the climax. You know what I mean? Like it had to have some. It was it was dynamic enough. It wasn't raucous, but it like it moved me, and I was like, this has to be in the middle. Yeah. Oh, it was so perfectly placed. I wanted I want to talk about that singing that's going on now. At first, mm-hmm. I thought because Mary June is your paramour and she is behind <laughs> the scenes a lot with everything you do, of course. And so I didn't. And she's a singer and all this, and so she's an artist in her own right. And so yes. I just assumed that that singing right there was Mary June. But it, it oh with out. Michelle yeah oh no I wish yeah no uh yeah this uh, that track she sent was she actually toured with was like a spoken word album uh I think like in 2017 and you know that's one of the few tracks that's actually from something else that you can find yeah. Yeah, I will yeah. seek that out. I didn't look at those show notes. So that that singer and then the other singer. Who's the other one that was actually singing? Oh wait, so it's Michelle um, speaking. I know. Yeah, then, I know Michelle's yeah. voice. Yeah. So who's so not just in Michelle's in this whole piece? Are there two? 
Are there two female vocalists that are actually singing or is that just the one? Yeah, I think that's just Lady Baby Miss. Okay. Um, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That person's voice is incredible. Oh, yeah. She's very good. Incredible. Yeah. Like I had this, like I said, I've had this on loop and I've had this around people and a few people are like, who is that? Who is that? You know, they're like, Mm -hmm. that voice is one of those voices that you want to sing with. Like I was harmonizing with it. And so I wanted to get, make sure that no matter what's going on, I give kudos or kudos, however you want to say it to that voice. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, it might be confusing too, because there's an outlet press, um, Eric Millar, you know, soundscape thing in between one of mine and Michelle's and there's female singing on mine. Yes. So uh, that's what I, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Are these voices all the same? So who's the female singing on yours? Uh, that's actually, that track is, is, uh, never before released really. And it was something I recorded, um, at the height of my dark year, um, amongst drugs and everything in Phoenix, Arizona in 2011. Mm -hmm. And I put that there as, you know, it's something I routinely kind of meditate and listen to as like the, this gem that came out of that year, um, where I played pretty much all the instruments and just, you know, there was two friends I had that sang on it. Um, no, no relation anymore really at all. But, uh, to me that was, you know, an, and following suit with this idea of, you know, each anarchic praxis, like, you know, unfortunately mental health and addiction is part of my story. So it was important to me to, uh, to include that mm-hmm. as kind of like, you know, a, uh, a somber, but uplifting kind of gospel type thing. It's incredible. And th- like I said, that's why I keep trying to parse out. So here's the thing. Here's a little look. <laughs> here's a look into how I approach art. And I always yeah. approach art this way, no matter what kind of art it is. I have yet still to read through all the liner notes and all that stuff. I am still oh, letting this. yeah, no worries. That's why I don't know yeah. who's who and what. I know Michelle's voice because I know Michelle. And, um, and I'm a big fan of Michelle's work in the world in mm-hmm. general, just her presence. And oh, she's the best. Yeah, she's amazing. And so I knew that that was her. And then there, I thought there were, I was hearing two different vocalists in this whole piece that were like singing. Yeah. And so. That is what I'm saying. And so the the look into the way I process art is I, I do not like going into art of any kind and being bogged down with what the artist has to say because the art yeah. should stand on its own. And I don't need all that verbiage in the front to engage <laughs> in a piece of art. Then you haven't done your job. That's just my opinion. I'm snobby like that. No, absolutely. You know, and uh, when we and me and Eric Millar, Eric Millar, especially who designed the liner notes and the cover. And Eric's all of that, amazing. We love know, him. Yeah. Yeah. Just incredible. Like, honestly, just one of my greatest friends and collaborators like this guy is just he's a machine he he Um, is a machine my god the muse loves him i know right um but we you know part of what we asked for in the submissions was like if you'd like to you know send us a paragraph of you know what this track is you more like a mission statement that you'd see at an art gallery right um and uh some people decided to some people didn't you know, I thought it was important for me in the intro to write about 
um, my involvement in each of the things to help people kind of realize that on Una Song's track, it's just her vocals and it's all my music. On Stevie's track, on Sayrath the Maid's track, it's uh, just his vocals and all my music. And it was a part um, of also like, in case there's any blowback, you can blame me. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you see, this is the, your kindness showing. But see, here's the thing. So as I was talking about how I present and go to art, so I want my mm-hmm. personal experience. I don't care what the artist is at this point when I'm first engaging in it. I love that. I yeah. want. I just want to experience what they what came forth, and then and and go through the experience and have my relationship. So I've I've sanctified that relationship with the piece of art. And then at that point, and I've done this with albums, everything, then is when I start looking in at the show notes, then's when I'm curious, then is when I want to know more. And this is what's informed my whole world, looking at albums when I was little, and then, you know, enjoying them and then get into the show notes and saying, okay, this person produced this. And then, oh, I see that person again, or looking at that person's body of work, and you can get deeper into that. And I like that process. Don't don't break the fiction. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, and it was very telling to who decided to kind of write a lot um, and who didn't. And it's just, you know, that's the anarchic idea that we have here is everyone approaches it differently and want to submit a picture of themselves. You know, Carl <laughs> funny, um, submitted a photo of a dog, like a fake dog for the liner notes, you know, like <laughs> that's a, awesome. I still haven't looked, but that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, so like, it's, it's just all over the, all over the place. And I love how you approach it though. If, if, if tracks are blending in and they sound like it's the same people, even though they are almost decades apart, you know, in different areas of the country with no relation to each other, then I think that's a success. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm one of those people that I don't like to bog people down in all my accomplishments. And at my age, it, mm-hmm. it'd be, you'd be looking at a book. And so I just don't get caught down. I just, my <laughs> ego is not that tied into who I am on this earth. And so I tailor things to what I'm doing at the time. And yeah. it's a problem when I go on radio shows and other shows and, you know, people want a bio. I'm like, ugh. I struggled I with this shit in school. I str- I've always That's struggled like with it. You ask me on the show, you write it, you know? It's <laughs> I like- know. <laughs> Seriously. I'm not having it. Do and your research. <laughs> my, and people are so offended when I say a creative person living a creative life. Like I have to qualify myself as I worked I with this famous person and I've been on that and I've been in that movie. And, uh, you know, like that kind of stuff turns me off so hard and fast. I don't like that reality at all. And I don't yeah. live in it. No matter who I've worked with or where I've been, this is just my own thing. And Mm -hmm. I move forward with that. I respect that people want to, you know, I guess, fly their colors and be proud of it. Be proud of everything you've done. And if you need to talk about it, you talk about it. I'm not judging that in someone else. I'm judging it in me. Yeah, I get you. Absolutely. I think a part of it too was in the submission request, you know, we wanted to, we had big ideas, right? And one of the big ideas was we'd print a little booklet, you know, um, 
of high quality art. And Eric would take care of that basically. So Eric was taking care of kind of the design aesthetics and, um, the cover art and the booklet. And, you know, I was, I was taking care of just the audio sigil and all that. And he did a wonderful job. Like the, it's now just a PDF. If you download it, it'll be a high quality PDF. I also laid out all the, you know, the pictures of the little booklet, um, in a gallery that you can view on with hollow.org on the article page. So it's, um, yeah, it's just another realm of, you know, of artwork for it. But, you know, when I posted um, the audio sigil on Pragmagic, um, there were no links. Like, it just it worked out so that the article didn't link for the podcast of, of the entire sigil. And so people don't know. Like, people... And, like, I haven't gone back and fixed it because I've been getting feedback. Like, oh, I love that one about the wolf. Oh, that one yes. with the girls singing was great, <laughs> you yes. know? Yeah. And... As a part of me, I was like, yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell them if they want to know, of course, and I'll direct them to where the liner notes are. But it's up to you. Yes. You know? and that's, that's the, well, and yeah. that's the beauty of the mystery. So you, yeah. you're like, okay, I want to know more about this person or this process. And that's why I like concept albums too. So you, a lot of times with concept albums, there was really cool liner notes. There's really cool mm-hmm. stuff that goes along with them. And uh, like I said, when I get to that, where I'm like, all right, now I'm going to put the analytic mind on and I'm going to go and look at all the components here. And that includes the people and what do each, what does each person bring? And so, I mean, I did look briefly when you were, and that's how I knew uh, to change the name because the, uh, my friend that does a lot of document. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like Hagadaga who does a lot of mixing, for me with my projects uh, did the mixing on that on stand, but he calls things. He has them and I just, I cherry pick. He makes them all for me and I cherry pick what I want. And I usually am integral in getting to what they are. So we have, we have an interesting process. We work well together. And I uh, did not know that. I mean, I did, I knew that part of this talk, I really wanted to hear more about stand and what that process was. Well, it it really was what I told you. It was that simple. Yeah. I, I sat down. But what I did do, so I instruct Hagadaga on, uh, because I don't, it, it, I have no rules in art. I have no rules. So I right. don't have actually a patterning that can be followed. But with this piece, I I was just like, I'm, I've got this idea, blue, burgeoning, virgining, coming up, bubbling, trickling, moving through me. And it's dealing with all of the world stuff that's going on. It's dealing with my relationship with the world. It's dealing with the idea of what are we and where are we going and what are you and what are you as compared to me? And then the music started to come in and he called it a boogaloo. And I don't even know what that, I still (laughs) don't know what that, I think it's a dance. Well, yeah. And like a, Electric boogaloo, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, Is it a dance? I think it's the stand to. Uh, I think it's like a film reference. It's a. It's a goofy uh, sequel to a movie. Break. That's what it was. It would Electric be. Boogaloo yeah. I don't know. Like that. And that's Hagadaga. I mean, he he yeah. he titles stuff that I can't say on air. You know, and so <laughs> I just listen. That's just how he works. And I'm, I'll be like, I want more of this. Or if he's if I'm around when he's creating, I'm like. 
you know, we'll take a little bit of edibles and, mm-hmm. and allow the process to happen. I'm like, Ooh, more of that, more of that. And I'll get in and do the dirty work. And on all my work, I always list who I'm working with. So that yeah. was, you know, he did that. I instructed it. And then I sat down, like I said, and it just came out. So that was that process. And I'm curious how in touch with everyone else's process were you through the making of this? Um, not, not much, like, to be honest, um, I didn't want to judge it, uh, before. So I heard, you know, I, 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 I took every submission, like it was final and I took, I didn't want to, yeah, I just, I didn't want, like you said, I didn't want to ruin the fiction for me. And what I did, you know, uh, you guys were privy to about two other drafts of the sigil, but there were yes. tons, tons that I would Brother, meditate, I know you. take walks on, <laughs> you know, I would, I would listen to. And every time I wanted, you know, to ask how somebody got a sound, I thought, no, that's just going to entice me to kind of mirror that because I'm creating these webs, right? I'm, cre- I'm weaving. And what's more obvious or on the nose than like bringing an element from the last track, you know, and mixing it with the element from the next track. And so... I figured, you know, when they, when, and also when they submitted, you know, their writing about it, I just took them at their word. Um, I'm a guy that's really obsessed with praxis. Like I, I, I do want to know. Um, but it was important for me to have that not infiltrate how I was, you know, handling the whole. One of the things I think, uh, just as a side note in here, it might be fun and interesting for you on your live stream or, however you want to do it is to actually bring everyone in separately and have separate conversations about how they got to the piece or how did they, why did they think that piece was perfect for this in, in the case of like, say Michelle, because that's what she entered and it was already part of something. Yeah. And of course I've talked to Michelle about it. You know, I've talked to many of them. There are some that just aren't uh, as, uh, reachable, you know, um, and, uh, but yeah, I've had conversations, most of the people that are on it, you know, I've deeply talked about processes with, but nothing like not rarely specific about the track that they submitted. Um, unless it was something they spoke about elsewhere, like Derek's I know, uh, comes from something else, uh, that, you know, he was doing this kind of sound, uh, scape synthesizer music, t- uh, to the tarot. And that's where that, that was for the lust card. And so I knew that, you know, um, I didn't get into the nitty gritty of how he pieced it together, but you know what I did was I took the second half of the song and created a song on top of it. And so you hear, you know, um, two minutes of his track and then it just weaves into something I just wrote and was, you know, inspired by, by that track on top of the rest of, of his track with like these, this broken acoustic guitar. Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. um, Yeah. And so like, I'm with you. I would love to hear from everybody. I think, as I said, you know, I, I've been in sort of a postpartum depression about it and it's been, I'm, I'm also, you know, like I said, weathering all these torrents um, in life, but I absolutely, you know, it should be a series. We should, we should just milk this thing because I think it does deserve, everyone deserves to be heard. Yes. On this record. 
you know, and I think it was, it's important to me that at the end of the day, everyone is getting the reverence that, you know, they deserve. And, um, as much as I want to be mysterious about it, you know, as much as I want to kind of just push it out and, uh, you know, let it permeate as it will, you know, I think there's an impetus to kind of really discuss what this all means to everyone who's a part of it. Yeah. Well, this is the side note. So people encounter the art and then go from there. And this is part of that, like, okay, let's look at this. So let's yeah. take this time now, Keats, and let's let's look at, I want you to talk about each submission and the person that Ooh. submitted. And let's dive in a little bit. Let's break this apart and look at the components. Okay. Um, should we just go like through the track list? Yeah, I think that's probably the best way. Okay, I will. I'll, I'll try to be as brief as possible, just because there's 17 of them. Um, yes, but, we'll uh, keep it Tom in short. Whiston, <laughs> uh, Tom Whiston opens and closes. He's the perfect circle. He's the one that tethers. Now, when he submitted this, he he has a big writing on it, and I don't want to speak his words or put you know uh, words in his mouth. But this was a piece that I always knew was either ending or opening the album. And it occurred to me, you know, halfway through the process that it, it should be, it should be a ritual where you have the preparation, you have that, like, you know, that liminal bath in the beginning, and then you close the circle at the end. And it's just his track that does both. And it's, a uh, he's amazing. He's in England. Um, he also just put out a cassette tape of his own audiomantic kind of things. And honestly, I'm not entirely certain how we got to know each other, but he's uh, written for We the Hollowed. He's a deep, deeply, like, I don't know, just a romantic um, in, like a, a, a practitioner of, of you know, a, a high regard of sound art. Very uh, technical, but also, you know, he's got, he's got his bona fides, as we say, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, magics. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I knew that he would be kind of the perfect circle um, in opening and closing the ritual, right? And the second one is is me. It's um, it's uh, it's my prologue, my quick prologue draft of a long form fiction work that I've been writing for a very long time. That I will finally have a readable draft of but to me there's what's been taking most of my magical energy is like living in this fictional space uh the book is called zozobra and it is the death of this uh character that i've been working under named dakota slim uh since i was 15 and it's him traveling through the bardos but it's also historically accurate about late 1800s new mexican territory and uh, it time jumps and it's fantastical, but it, this was my door opening and it quite literally opens up with a sample of a door kind of opening and closing. Um, and it's, you know, it's about starting to like burn the ghosts that are kind of creating drought in this town. And this uh, Santa Fe in 1924 is, you know, riddled with drought. So they're asking, you know, they're, they're seeking dark means to kind of help hydrate and uh, 
kind of burn these ghosts that are torturing this this town. Um, and so that kind of that that starts us off, right? And then boom, Stan comes in, <laughs> and you know that's uh, it's just it's a revolutionary call to arms. You know, it's yes, uh, it made perfect sense is. that after you know this the preparation is for the ritual the you know the circle is drawn you know that you stand right it's like i don't know i i can't uh speak on it without being a little pretentious or too corny but it really like it kicks it in and it it made so much sense that it would be the track that you know shakes people shakes people awake that this isn't this isn't your run of the mill you know, what picture you're painting in your head of, you know, sound sorcery where, you know, it might be, you know, which, you know, it isn't at all. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was very important to me. And then we have, uh, Carl, of course, resonance, resonance, um, Carl Abrahamson, writer of a culture, um, famous, uh, jet setting, you know, uh, occultist and uh, man of many talents, filmmaker. Uh, he submitted this in the Wolf House, and it this one grabbed me because I'd been working with a lot of Anasazi and Zuni folklore for Zazobra, and it was one of those synchronicities that came in, you know, of kind of this uh, this tethering of the self to get into a writing space. Um, I used to listen to this track a lot before writing as like kind of a meditation, you know, and um, yeah, it just, it, it's, it also kind of now it tunes, right? You're, you're punch up, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're high kicking now from your track. And then this is the orchestra tuning, so to speak. Um, and then we have Miss Una Song, who, you know, I love dearly. She's uh She's amazing. And uh, she sent me the spoken word track and I loved it. And it's, if, if you hear it, there's, there's a part where she says she miss, she miss uh, pronounces a word. I think it's Gimlet. She says Grimlet. And then she corrects herself and says Gimlet, but kept it in there. Mm-hmm. And to me, that it's was so like, fabulous. So good. I love, I love <laughs> that so much. And so it's, good. it that takes you out to me. Like, yeah. It throws you back in, and I I just knew she was one of the first ones where I asked, you know, hey, do you mind if I write the music to this? You know, and she she was very generous, and she's like, yeah, go for it. And so I created um, a song to play underneath it, and uh, you know, edited the the uh, her track kind of around it too, so it's it's form fitting, but in the track itself. Um, there's a MIDI drum beat that I created where I literally drew a sigil in the MIDI file. And so the rhythm you're hearing is a sigil pattern over and over again with like very noir kind of guitar and, uh, you know, kind of this, uh, noir surf kind of feeling as you're like floating through these past lives. Um, and then we have Mr. Outlet press afterwards, who made this album kind of like this Mandelbrot um, soundscape uh, sound sorcery record that is really tethered throughout. I've, I've put Eric is not just, you know, the design person, but he also 
if you listen quite closely, this album is cycled throughout. If it's it's slightly under Una's song, it's slightly under a lot of others, and it kind of weaves in in some places as for as a form of like a palate cleanser to get to you know something else. And it's it's like one of those you know um, it's it's uh, it's hitting it's hitting a drum very slowly you know after a big chanting session when you're getting ready to do something you know yes. or to raise up against and then of course we have Michelle Embry and Lady Baby Miss um and Michelle Embry and Lady Baby Miss Sweet Eve which you know I think we've talked extensively about and we absolutely yes. adore um and that just I knew that had to be the her cadence her like her timber, you know? Oh, amazing. Um, uh, pierced, you know, with these um, beautiful uh, vocalizations. These it gave me the chills. Melodic. That's yeah. the piece that, seriously, and that's why I keep coming back, that piece just gives me the chills every single time, and it's the way it's done. It's the way it was executed and then presented. Amazing. I mean, it, it had to be a centerpiece. You know, yeah, it had I, I, to, that was the after brilliance. all that came before. It's crazy if you think about just how much anarchy came before. Yes, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and then yeah, we have another track from the Outlet Press, kind of Mandel brought experimental sound sorcery kind of soundscapey record that kind of closes that loop uh, around Michelle's track because you need time to let the dust settle on that one. For sure. And it also, you know, it pierces a uh, an in-between for the Dakota Slim track I talked about writing and recording in, you know, my dark days. And to me, I thought that was also, I had recorded many different songs. I, I, I Like I said, I've written an entire record, a nine-song record that is interspersed throughout this this album, but you, there are some tracks I decided to leave off because after Michelle's piece, I felt raw and I felt, uh, you know, as a part of who I am, it was an interesting moment to place a song where I talk about fessing up, you know, um, to these dark machinations within oneself and, uh, you know, getting right with God, as they say. Uh, but, uh, Amen. yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, yeah, it just made sense to me that like, it, I, 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 I felt vulnerable after the dust settled from Michelle and was like, you know, it wouldn't be honest if I didn't kind of express the side of me. Right. Or like have a part, if this, if this album is, or this audio sigil truly is about, you know, anarchic individual magics. And I have kind of the lion's share of ability to kind of weave things in. I thought I'd do, this is the place to do something just straightforward. Right. Um, so it's, a, it's like probably the most straightforward song song on there, but ain't no shame. Oh, it's, per- um, it's perfect. <laughs> like I said, this whole thing's perfect. I have some notes and I'm going to get to them later after we get everyone awesome. talked about. Yeah. And so after Dakota slim, um, you know, from, uh, we go straight into Vanessa Sinclair, who's like after the 
the movements, because they are, these are all movements in a big kind of piece, right? Um, Vanessa was one of those where she either needed to be, I thought, initially early or late. Like, she needed to have some sort of kind of, there's something like final about it. And then as I meditated and grew with it and decided to kind of be open with something a little more straightforward with my track, I thought she not only kind of breaks that barrier, gets a, gets rid of that, you know, kind of straightforward Americana, whatever feel and like takes us back into, you know, here is the, here's the last chapter, you know, um, yeah, or the second it chapter. Very well in that. Yeah. It also bring it brought me into and Vanessa's work always does this for me, is it brought me into the analytical mind because she brings yes. in a lot of that energy. And you know, it's no it's kind of obvious for me saying this, but after talking through the song, the narrative of the song before being open about, you know, drug abuse and kind of this godlessness like i'm sitting on her couch and she's next you know what i mean yes absolutely and i'm lis- i'm listening to her advice kind of through it um or like you know the pieces right um and yeah i yeah i mean signal signs or synchronicities it couldn't have been titled better it just it's like it's it's a reminder that you know, pay attention to those signal signs and synchronicities. Yes. No matter how dark shit gets. Yes. So important. Um, Perfect messaging in this piece as well. Yeah. And then, uh, one of my personal favorites, uh, Sayroth the mage, uh, we Mr. Stevie Ray Stevie. of Scotland. Yes. Oh, I've done some pieces with him alone and you know this. Yeah. And he's just, uh, you know, he's become, such a genuine friend, you know, through this rigmarole of whatever the past couple of years has been. And he sent me this poem. And, uh, that was another one where I was like, I have a melody to it. Like I have this kind of like, I, I, after playing guitar with it and like meditating on it, it, I had something that was kind of a relic of a song if you listen to it, it sounds very time-capsuled. It's like uh, there's break beats being used, but the guitar is very, like, you know, 90s. Like, it's like, I, I don't know how else to put it. It just kind of had this timeless feel by being so encapsulated in time. And that was all because of his poem. And so, yeah, I created the music for that. And, um, yeah, it's one of my favorites, actually. Um he, I can't get enough of his speaking voice. And that's why I've used it so many times. <laughs> He's got the best yeah. voice. Yeah. And that was Dream Boy. And then it goes into a me and uh, Eric Millar collaboration uh, where I use one of his Mandelbrot soundscapes and just build something dark above it. And this was one of the first ones that broke open to me that... Uh, you know, I, I could go any which way. Like I had all of these, you know, pre preconceptions about what I wanted to do for the tethers. A lot of it was like vocalized. A lot of it was very kind of folky, you know, and this was the one where it gets a little more industrial 
and electric guitar driven and dark. And I, I just followed the, as you say, I followed the muse on this one. You know, it's not something I would normally create, but it was just like so haunting and very, uh, you know, snake driven in a way. And to me, it was like, you know, I called it X hex because it, it, it was this angry banishment to like, you know, the, uh, the, the troubles that I was having at the time. And I thought it was perfect under like this or after this, uh, the clouds opening up and Sayroth's voice coming in and then you get mad. It's kind of supposed to mirror your stand on the opposite end. Right. And it does. Um, it's very perfect. That's one of the things. The symmetry in here is really impressive. Yeah. And then um, after something so punchy as that, uh, Soro star, Melanie, who is Stevie's girlfriend, uh, sent in her playing a foot harp, uh, which is, you know, just a rubber band on her toe. Yeah. I love and that. <laughs> it was the much needed levity. Um, and so I kind of fixed it up a bit. I, I, you know, they had a laugh at the end that I thought should be in the beginning as well, where they were, you know, so it breaks in with their laugh. I love that. It was one of those things that was very approachable for me, just like when Una corrects herself. So that was great. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's always been a huge part of me, especially or just like uh, what I'm attracted to, especially when you're marrying analog and digital formats. Like, I don't. I want human slip ups. You know, I yes, want. We want to know I we're human. The, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why, like, if I was, you know, when I all the the beats you're mostly here or like the sequencing that I do, um, it's all me hitting different things. Um, that I cut up and then I, I'll just like, you know, sequence in a place. So it comes from an analog or human element. It's like me hitting a chair or opening a door or, you know, jingling keys or, you know, hitting pots. Um, yes. But yeah, that's always been just, I have to have that, especially in this digital age. So, so we move on from that piece. Yes, and in, this is Derek Hunter's piece, uh, Lust, Chaos, and Babylon, which um, I'll remind that uh, comes from a record he did of synthscapes about the tarot. And the Lust card, uh, this especially, which I think is basically just strength and uh, other iterations of tarot. I think this was the Thoth deck uh, specifically. Um, and he... You know, this, like, the strength card, right? Lust, especially after all of that. The humor before it, and then kind of bridging what I call, like, the third act, right? So I always think of, like, the foot harp as this kind of hopeful send-off into, you know, this conclusion. But, you know, as we now know, nothing concludes. <laughs> it just kind of loops. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, so the first, the it's kind of a two-part song, and this one's hard to discern. Uh, if you go to the band camp, you can see how everything is parsed out track-wise. Uh, but this is first two minutes of his track, and then it flows into the last uh, bit of his track, but it's a different track with all of my composition on top of it. 
And uh, I called it wax waner because it's uh, it might be a funny word, but it's as you were saying, you know, with your producer, you kind of label things funny just to kind of save them, you know, for a later day. Oh and yeah, this yep. was actually, you know, uh, I wrote this with a three string broken guitar uh, during a full moon of last year, and you know, it was during like a full moon meditation, and I just named it wax waner and it just stuck and i think the piece of derek's first part is the moon growing full and i think you know this with my music is it's like gentle shade uh into a new one so that's what that was and then afterwards i also have a song um called nell and this was purposely put here but also inspired by all of the tracks before and it's it's another it's almost it's a bit more straightforward but it's menacing and it's sinister and i think you know there's a lot of hope in the album but i wanted to leave it on a don't fuck with me kind of you know like what yes. the character goes through you know or like the listener is going through it's like when you find your individuation process and you know the anarchic kind of self and the magics and all that. There's a quotient of, you know, yeah, don't fuck with me or we'll throw hands kind of thing. <laughs> 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 um, but also, you know, and I talk about, you know, there's a, a line in like we're in a playground now. It's like this shit is open. And so the m- melody might be sinister and a don't fuck with me, but the lyrics are very kind of, uh, you know, playful and, uh, menacing in a way of my you know our eyes are open now like i can see you know but i can't hear sound like it's it's this very kind of self-aware um just because you're you know the the adept is never truly adept right it's uh you got to be a perennial student you're always going to be there's always going to be something you have to work on and then um and that's why I called it Nell, right? It's like death Nell, um, because it is kind of this uh, shit. I did all that work. I got here, and there's still more to do. And that's what brings you into uh, this completion uh, ritual from you know Tom Whiston, who opened up the entire sigil, and it loops perfectly around. It is so good. And so I just had a couple notes I want to say. So on your the the part where you come in at the beginning with the story and all this, I was getting heavy and and this is, so don't take this wrong. Please don't take this wrong. It's a compliment, but sometimes people don't like comparisons and <laughs> it, it was giving me a heavy vibe of someone I really, really enjoy in the world, have really enjoyed a long time and then had, some, let me guess. Can some, I guess some history with you guess. Tom Waits? Yes. <laughs> Have you yeah. heard that already from okay. others? Well, so the problem is, and I struggled with this, and this is a human thing. I left that line, what's he building in there? In? And because it's I'm reading the prologue, it wasn't ever, you know what I mean? I, I, I It wasn't a, a callback to Tom Waits, but I knew when I spoke it that people were going to kind of make the comparison, you know? Um, or like it'll, it would, you know, charge or remind somebody of, of 
his spoken word track <laughs> that's like that. And I kind of, I just decided against cutting it out because, um, I wanted it to mirror what, what it was on paper. And I think if you read it, it has a different f- rhythm or feel to it than, um, it does, you know, as a spoken word track. So that was a hard one. Uh, that's one I, I definitely recognized was like, shit, you know, people are going to think that's a Tom Waits thing. And it wasn't meant to be. It you doesn't, know, it but, doesn't come off as a mimicry or anything like that. Yeah. There is just a, and so it's not even that line. There's just a vibe there. And what I mean by that is there was a, that a quality of the muse that I think he taps into as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, so it's, it's distinctly you, it's distinctly you, but it is something that I recognize in some of Tom's work here and there. And, uh, I, I'm, I love it. That's what I'm, that's at the bottom line of what I'm saying here is I absolutely love it. And I think it's so perfect and appropriate with everything going on with this piece and then getting the deeper knowledge here from you as to what its significance is in unison with this as a whole cohesive piece. I mean, and that's a lot of the reason why I kept the line in, you know, was um, because, yeah, what's he building in there? What's happening? What is, what is this creation? Right. Um, and yeah, I, I, I definitely feel that, but you know me, I'm, I'm like, um, I can be a little too like self, uh, deprecating if I hear some sort of tether to somebody else and be like, ah, damn it. You know, that snuck in or whatever. But I think, yeah, the, I was concerned with the line, but I love that you still drew the conclusion or like the comparison, um, you know, with or without that line, because yeah, fuck yeah, Tom waits, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, Tom's awesome. That so, and another note I had here, I I love, I love, love, love. I can't love this enough. The name Wax Wainer. <laughs> I love it so much. I don't know why it's silly, but it's also kind of got, there's some depth depth to it and it's, it's kind of fun. But if you play into it, there's a lot of give in that just wax waner. It almost sounds like, uh, it almost sounds like you could use it as an ad hominem, you know? I mean, it's yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's silly, you know. Uh, it's one of those that looks cool phonetically. Like you read it, it looks like those words should be cool together, but uh, when you say it, it just there's something else about it. But I, you know, that was one of the human elements too. Was you know, I can give this some sort of deeply, you know, thoughtful name, but I think being true to when I wrote it and when I was composing it. And that's just what I titled to save it was like, no, I've I've got to pay tribute to that. You know, I find myself struggling with titles and names in life period. And (laughs) I mean, it's a thing all the way down to my work and I have toiled over this process in the past and now I don't care. And so, uh, in fact, I really don't care about a lot anymore, especially people's ideas and thoughts about me and about what I'm doing. I've definitely, definitely well moved past those days. And, uh, so naming is interesting. And again, if I could just present work and nobody knows even what I'm named it, if you can just, Mm -hmm experience work then 
then you come to the name of what did that person name it. Then you have, I think, more of a sense of it. And this is, you know, there's that whole art movement that I can't even remember what it's called now, where you you make stuff to be destroyed. It's like the flash temporary stuff. I can't recall. Like the, Dada? No. Like a, no, not, no, um, not Dada. Um, no, more modern. In like, I think the movement was really big in like around 2000. The two early two thousands, it went hmm. it went worldwide. I mean, it's a thing. I'll have to figure the name out. But it, I mean, I'm sure I know it. I just oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Where people are creating like I I can't remember his name now. A really creating f- things to be eaten or like yeah, yeah destroyed yeah. or or yeah. just or even just the the uh, okay. So yeah, that's part of that movement. But other people that were. Wish I could remember my friend's name. I used to work with him, Daniel something. He's very famous for this art. So he creates all these amazing paintings on rice paper that is almost decaying the moment you start painting on it. Mm-hmm. And, and these paintings are amazing. And that's the whole thing. And I can't recall, but he introduced me to this concept. And I really stay away from concepts and and movements as far mm-hmm. as like, okay, I'm just going to, again, let something influence me and then see where I categorize it. So with, yeah. so with this as a whole, how do you feel at the end of the journey? How did you feel and how do you feel now that this is out in the world? You've birthed it out and it's living. Yeah. So as I've said, you know, I think with, and, you know, to kind of hang on the word birth, like I do, I always have a postpartum depression um, because to me, it's about the process. You know, I just, um, as struggling as I was, you know, or as, um, as things were crumbling around me or moving states or God, you know, who knows what other bullshit I went through in the past year or so. Um, this this kind of tethered me to a hole in a way. And so after releasing it, you know, and I made sure to do it too because things in my life right now have been pretty fucking haywire to be completely honest, especially in regards to YouTube culture, um, the internet, uh, you know, personal things, blah, blah, blah. And it was important to me to have this be a celebratory moment amongst all of this shit and also to, you know, finish it. I like literally finished it. I signed off on it um, under the full moon on the 21st to 22nd, which was the four year anniversary of that big magical working I did under that August full moon uh, in 2017. And, there, I, I just had a release about it, you know, and not only did I like close the circle, but I, I, I didn't have much, this was like, this was my magical praxis for a year. Um, the audio Mancy was like really what I was like focusing on, you know, I released a little, you know, I basically made like a sub album to this too. And, you know, I was just tethered, you know, I was, this was my shit that I, that made me stay up at night. And now it's more into finishing this book or kind of getting back onto a, um, a schedule for Pragmagic or whatever. Um, and it was it was just a release, like, you know, to kind of close the circle, do this big ritual. And the audio sigil was a huge part of that, was kind of a 
you know, a say la vie to this uh, process that kept me sane for a year to be, yes. to be honest, yes. you know? So with the, what kind of response have you had from all the participants with the final baby? Nothing but good things. Um, I am waiting to hear back from Una. Um, I thought she was a part of all of our conversations, but I can't find her Twitter. So I'll just shoot her an email. Um, but literally everybody uh, has been stoked and I'm not surprised if uh, I, I would be surprised if Una doesn't like it because she heard what I was doing with her track and liked it. So I was always very communicative. It was important to me, you know, this, uh, there's a lot of pressure when it's other people's art that it's you're, that are kind of in your hands for something. Yes. And I, I never lost sight of that. I never lost sight that, you know, I can't just half-ass this or, you know, it's it's important to me to give reverence to everyone who who submitted and, you know, who's a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm proud of you and I'm thrilled to be a part of this project and with such really, with amazing other people in this that I know yeah. some of them personally and others just from afar. And it just is a work of art, a work of magic. It's inspiring. It's got a lot of relevance to what's going on right now. So it fits in to our cultural experience across the globe. Mm -hmm. And here we are. And so you did something really remarkable, Keats. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate it. And, you know, I love it too. Obviously it's, uh, you know, I compartmentalize it differently. Um, but just like hearing it through your guys's words about it or your, you know, your viewpoints on it, like it's, it is absolutely wholesome for me that, okay. And you know, this is just a indent. This is like, this is, well, we know we can do this now. What's next? Yes. So. It was like our, uh, our little exhibition we did prior yeah. to this. That was a great success. Yeah. And you can, you know, you can download it for free on Bandcamp. Like I'm so, not making money. You can, you can pay, uh, if you want to, you can donate, but, uh, download it for free. You get a high quality PDF. All the tracks will be separate or you can download it through, uh, you know, just one track on we, slash detritus. Those are the details I wanted here at the end. Are there any other details as to how people can find you in the world? Uh, no, I'm, you know, pragmagic.com, um, has pretty much all of the, uh, it's a link tree. So all the ways to get at me. Um, but I do want to say, you know, um, there, that that's the difference is we, the hollow dot bandcamp.com. Uh, that's W E T H E H A L L O W E D, uh, dot bandcamp.com is where it lives. If you want high quality waves, uh, that are separated, make sure to, you know, make it gapless play on your media player and you'll get a, you know, free high quality PDF with it. Or, you know, as I said, go to we, slash detritus. And, uh, there's an option there just to download it as one complete track. And that article will have all the information, uh, for it as well as the PDF in JPEG form. So are there any plans to, 
make this into like an EP with the art from Eric and all this with the, you know, the whole, is is there anything in the works? Yeah. Um, I will see how this reception goes. And then if it, if it does, you know, if it goes well, then uh, I would love to talk about doing a Kickstarter to raise funds to print it. You know, it's so expensive these days, but you know, it's, it was always my intention to have a hard print of it. Um, just, how you know we go about that and we're just kind of seeding this and trying to get more ears on it you know i don't i don't want any gatekeeping on it and i yes. think we've all agreed that yeah. more ears are better than you know putting anything behind a paywall so you know if it if people love it you know i've gotten requests for the last two releases i've had to at least have like a cd version out i think we've all become a little too reliant on digital media and you know it's really just a money game to be honest yeah sadly and you and i are you know a lot of us are out there we love our hard copies of stuff that's why yeah that's it (laughs) we're old school and i it's so happy to know that that's still new school too because people there's a whole movement in the world for people who want real books and albums and all this and tapes and it's all out there so I have a plan for CD. Do um, you? It would it would just take it would take some work, but I have a plan. Um, but you know, I'm I'm thinking a little bigger. I would I would love to formulate this on vinyl. Yes, you know, I would love to see this on vinyl as well. And as it goes further into the world, we'll talk more. And I can't wait to do more art with you. And I, you know, I have a dream of doing something with you and Mary June and mm-hmm. her vocals coming in and tying in and all that. So hopefully we can make that happen. But until then, I think we'll wrap up this show and leave it at this. It's been a great honor, Keats Ross. I love you. I'm so glad you're my brother in the world and that you exist and you've made my life brighter. And I think a lot of people would say that about you. Well, I really appreciate that. And, you know, I really needed to hear that. So thank you so much. You know, I love you too. And, uh, yeah, I, this is just, like I said, this is just, uh, just as you said, an exhibition, like there's going to be so much more. We proved it. Yes. You know, We've we've proved it twice now in different ways. Right. (laughs) And so thank you everyone that has come to enjoy this chat with Keats Ross and uh, explore this amazing work, this audio sigil that uh, a bunch of people came together on and Keats absolutely wove something very magical that I hope you experience. Please leave us feedback as to what you experienced, what you like, what you don't like, what, you know, give us feedback. We want it all. We can take it. Yeah. Be harsh. Yeah. You know, give it to us. And so be harsh with kindness too. Right. Be harsh in a constructive way. We don't need to participate (laughs) in all the nastiness. Constructive. Thank you, Keats. Until later. Yes. Thank you. And there he goes. Keats Ross. I'm very proud of this work, as you can tell, and I hope you find it as compelling as we did, making it and being a part of it, etc. I would like to thank the producers of this show, Christy Tesmer, Eric Peterson, Jason Lamson, Marcy Shapiro, 
Melanie Poe, Michael Wachter, Noelle Janet, Sana Rebecca, as well as the producing wows of Patrick Newlin and all the other patrons through Patreon. You are a light in my life. Thank you. And until later, let's just dream about art and beauty and the things that we can do to enrich this experience because dreaming can come true. Dreaming can be true. Dreaming is dreaming and we're all here doing it. Until later, thank you for joining me in the Cosmic Salon.